Welcome to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling, and I'm so excited to be partnering with the Libro Epic Social Impact Initiative. More than ever, we face several social and environmental changes across the globe. These challenges are often complex, multi-layered, and have great impact on local and global communities and regions. Social entrepreneurship welcomes changemakers to be strategic and creative in tackling some of these challenges and are usually known for implementing widespread improvements in society. Through the partnership with Epicenter and Libro Credit Union, we'll be highlighting local social enterprises every month on the 15th. Let's hear how these social enterprises made it happen. Today's social enterprise feature is Half Step Away. Half Step Away is a full inclusion music center offering personalized music training to help fuel artistic expression for students of all abilities. Founded by Adrian, Shane, and Jordan, the Half Step Away team began their entrepreneurial journey in the Epicenter's Libro Epic Social Innovation Program. The team has proved its resilience by rising through the challenges they faced amid the COVID-19 pandemic and continue to work towards their goal of fueling artistic expression. I'm excited to hear about the creation of your social enterprise and how about we start off by having you tell us each a little bit about yourselves and your company. All right, well, thank you very much for having us on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, I'm Shane Trowbridge. I'm a founder and a director of uh, Half Step Away. And uh, yeah, it's a little about me. I'm the music guy in the business. I'm the one that's kind of teaching everybody the, the music theory and kind of going along with uh, the independent music teaching and stuff like that. My name is Adrian. I am uh, also a founder of Half Step Away. And yeah, we just kind of made this program based off of kind of like our mutual love of music and just kind of like the way that we view people and the way that we want to provide like different creative resources for people. And um, yeah, we just all kind of just had different skill sets to bring to the table. So just the team formed and then the idea bloomed and here we are. I'm Jordan and uh, I guess I kind of bring forward the the techie aspect uh, for our business. I'm gonna handle uh, repairs and different aspects like that for the business. Awesome and so do you guys just want to tell us a little bit about sort of what Half a Step Away is and the services that it provides and sort of that specific purpose that it serves? Sure so basically Half Step Away is it's a personalized approach to music for people of all abilities. Now, what we mean by that is that we believe that any person can be a musician, right? Um, a really interesting philosophy that Shane brought to the table was that music comes from the mind. The instrument is just a means of expressing it, right? So, um, yeah, we're really driven by the belief that no matter what different abilities you bring to the table, and this could be, um, you know, different things involving like developmental disabilities or uh, different neurological type stuff. We just, we truly believe that anyone can kind of be creative in that way. So what we do is we, we provide music learning and we provide different programs that are really based around the person. So it's really based around what they want to do, what they want to learn, what they want to perform, if they want to write songs and kind of how they want to go about everything. So if they want to, whatever fashion they want to learn in, if they want to <laughs> learn really high energy or we're just going wild the whole time, or if they want like a really um, kind of easygoing, kind of 
slower paced or if they want a really fast pace we just we we really just do what the student wants and we let them kind of have the freedom to just go about it their way absolutely and I, I love sort of the concept of that and so i'm very curious to hear is you know where did this idea first come from you you said that you, it sort of came together from your love of music but how did you decide to sort of bring in the other aspect to it um so i i went to school for uh, disability studies and psychology and a lot of my work experience was working with people of all abilities and as like a support staff which now we call um, support staff mentors, right? So a lot of what I was doing was like, you know, bringing um, the people I would work with into the community, doing a bunch of awesome stuff like that. And I always kind of thought like, wouldn't it be cool if there was like a music center for people to go to, right? And um, the other thing too is that the the music center is something that we all mutually agreed because we all became friends in high school actually through music, right? Because we were all musicians and we met up and we jammed together. And um, the music center that we want to create is kind of the place that we would go every day after school if we had it. You know what I mean? Like back in the day, right? I would have loved to, me and Jordan, for example, we used to, <laughs> we used to bike across town to each other's houses with guitars strapped to our backs, right? Um, it was just a matter of like whose parents were home and how loud we can be in the garage or whatever. But like if we had the music center to go to, that would make all the difference, right? And um, the full inclusion aspect is just, we want people that experience different levels of ability and such, but we also want the neurotypical population as well to create that true full inclusion of these two different populations. So that, you know, we have people from different walks of life interacting, being creative with each other, maybe making bands, making different projects, concerts, whatever, whatever the case may be. Yeah, for me myself, I remember because I went to school for music in Atlanta. Now, when I was in school, I noticed that they had this like one size fits all mentality. And I never really, I never really liked that as much. So I was kind of like thinking to myself, like, you know, just trying to survive music school and trying to find my own way, how to interpret what they're teaching me. I had to do that myself. So I thought to myself, I'm like, how can I deliver this music teaching in a way where anybody else can learn it in the way that suits them most, according to their specific personality, whatever is just going on, but everybody learns differently. So we kind of try to utilize how they learn and really kind of cater to that 100% so they can learn easier. As Adrian said, you know, music comes from the mind and everybody has the capability of learning music. I've heard so many times where people are just like, oh, I don't have rhythm, I'm not a musician. And like, I've heard that so many times, but I'm always just like stressing, I can't stress enough that like, yes, yes you do. You have the capability of learning music, everybody does. Music is a part of all of us. If you can tap your foot to a, a song, you, you have music in you. So I always kind of like utilize that and think like, if you can just really kind of cater to somebody's personality and somebody's way of learning, then they can absolutely learn music confidently too. The other thing too is that based on what the student wants, so like if they want that heavy music theory aspect, we can provide that too. But if they just walk in and they're like, nope, forget that. I want to learn all these different rock bands. We have one student, he just wants to do like ACDC, Def Leppard, right? He, nothing to do with music theory. And we're like, cool, let's do it. Like, and we give him everything he needs to do that. And then we have another student where she's very theory heavy, right? And then we do all kinds of theory with her. So it's really like, there's no one size fits all with us. It's just 
we make a new shoe for every person, basically. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. And so you've talked a lot about, you know, how it is sort of that personalized approach with each student. Can you tell us a little bit more about how the process works for it and the programs that are involved with it and how it works as a social enterprise? Yeah, sure. So pretty much um, we meet the student and we, you know, we have our music room at our uh, at our place that we're partnering with right now with Bode Respite. Yeah, we meet the student and then we just kind of talk a little bit about like what they're interested in, um, what type of music they're into, what they want to do with music. A lot of the times we hear like, oh, I want to perform on stage or we hear um, I want to make a band or we hear <laughs> one, one, one person said, I want to play, I want to play music properly. <laughs> right? um, and then from there, you know, we let them pick an instrument, we let them kind of experiment with whatever they want. Yeah, and then we just kind of start based off of their interests. And as we're, you know, as we're teaching, like, you know, Shane will be performing the lesson. I'll be really documenting everything that we try. You know, I'll be on the outer perspective, kind of seeing what clicks with the person, what doesn't, what seems to really spark their attention, what seems to kind of motivate them. And like from there, from uh, just kind of like these observations, these notes that we take, we kind of formulate like our, our game plan for them. And then we adapt this as needed with them, right? Like it's just, you know, and then we, week by week, we try new things. We keep track of what works and what doesn't. We ask what new stuff they want to learn, right? We have some students that one week they want to, I don't know, they want to play Smoke on the Water, but then next week they might want to be a composer, right? And that's, we're all about it. It's like, yeah, let's, let's expand. Let's, let's do whatever you want, right? Yeah, I mean, we're always kind of like looking at, their personality as a whole, like what makes them more comfortable, their shoes off self is like we like to call it. So like what we kind of try to like see in this other person is what kind of means are they kind of showing us that they are more comfortable in learning? Like we're trying to like see like, oh, they're not really picking up on this as much. Let's see how we can do it in another way. This is kind of suit to their personality kind of like and we're trying to like find different ways you know like if they're not about the big energy of just like yeah let's go let's make some music and they get exhausted by that we're kind of like okay let's just kind of keep it maintained kind of keep it a little bit you know quieter and just kind of one-on-one -on -one kind of thing and making them more comfortable in that aspect but we kind of always try to like see who the person is really it's it's so it's kind of like complicated to talk about because everybody's different, right? It's like kind of like a snowflake. It's a very fluid and and growing approach, right? It's a very like it's a very uh, it's like a working document for each student. Is like yeah, you know, we have the goals, we have the interests, but then we we tweak every time, and it's just it's just this constant fluid motion. We end up taking that feedback that we have from the students to constantly update their goals and objectives, whether it's completing the goals and objectives from them or creating new goals and objectives. But that way we're always hitting the mark of what they want. It's always tailored to them. Mm -hmm. And I really like that approach too, because like you said, a lot of programs like that are sort of that one size fits all. And you know, with this, it definitely caters to everyone's needs, which I think is so important, especially in this industry and for that purpose. And so when you were first starting out your business, what resources and tools did you use when creating it? Well, I remember at the beginning, me and Jordan were going to some workshops Shout out to our friend Sydney Thompson from Epicenter. It was her workshop that Shane couldn't make it to, but 
Um, that was one of the biggest ones for us. But uh, we went to some workshops with the small business center, right? Just kind of learn the basics of like, what do you need for a business plan? Or like, um, the one that really hit the mark was when me and Jordan went to Epicenter for the first time and we went to uh, Sydney Thompson's workshop on social enterprise. And I remember too, as soon as we saw the social enterprise model, like me and Jordan just looked at each other, we're like, that's it, <laughs> right? Um, because we didn't exactly want to go nonprofit. Um, I, I know and have worked with amazing nonprofit organizations in the city and they do amazing things and I adore them to pieces. Um, but I just found that we kind of wanted just a different approach. You know what I mean? Like we just wanted to kind of go a different way with it and kind of have like some nonprofit but for-profit elements put together. So yeah, the Epicenter workshop where we learned about social enterprise, that was a huge resource for us. And then we, you know, talked to Sydney after and she provided us with different tools, like a business model canvas, um, just different resources that we can look at. We kind of started from scratch from the beginning. It just kind of came <laughs> like a, an idea that we just had. I remember we were just kind of sitting at the waterfront when, they, when Jordan and Adrian actually came to me with the idea. And I'm like, okay, let's do this. But we really kind of just started off with just us and just our instruments. And we were just thinking how can we adapt more tools and stuff like that? And we finally, uh, we can probably get into this a little bit more later, but we finally got in contact with an agency called the Boat Respite. Uh, Adrian mentioned it to us recently and they kind of helped us out with the space for us. So thank, thank you for them because like they have literally gave us everything and it's, they're so gracious and we absolutely love them. But it just like, we did, like we kind of just started off with the idea and everything kind of just kind of grew into place. And with that, we just kind of just started with three guys and a guitar. Awesome. Well, well, I really love that. And, you know, building it up from, from the bottom and, you know, it definitely takes a lot of work to start a business from scratch. And um, you talked about the program that you went through with Epicenter and the Libro Credit Union. Can you tell us just a bit more about that program and, you know, what was the process with this and sort of the outcome or just anything sort of with that whole experience? Yeah, sure. It's actually, it's actually a really great story in my opinion. Um, so a close friend of ours, she recommended the Libro Epic pitch competition, which was how you got into the social innovation program, right? And, you know, I looked at it and I was like, this would be amazing to get into. And I'm like, why don't we, why don't we try, right? Like we were, like, we had just made the idea. It was still like a conversation, right? I was like, why don't we try? I'm like, it'll, you know, it'll give us that practice to kind of like pitch to people if we're going to be entrepreneurs. I guess we should learn how to do that. And um, so we, you know, we, we made a presentation and we were presenting before and it was, it was hilarious because we were so nervous and, you know, eventually a joke came out of it where Shane's like, I should just play guitar instead of talk. And I'm like, you know what, actually, yeah, do that. That would be awesome. <laughs> and then, um, you know, we, we got really overdressed. We were wearing suits. We were the only people in the building wearing suits. And we, <laughs> we did this, we did this pitch, but before we presented, um, our, our good friend, Allie, who uh, created Grown Lady Garments, she did her pitch before ours, right? And, you know, I saw her and she was incredible. And I'm like, okay, well, that's how it's done. Like, we're not going to get it because, <laughs> you know, she just showed us how it's done and that is not what we have planned. And um, so, you know, we did it. And I'm like, let's have fun with it. Like, I don't think we're going to get it, but let's just, you know, it's, it's really good experience. And we, 
we pitched. It went great. Um, Shane played some jazz while I was talking everyone's ear off. And then we won it. And we were selected as one of the four businesses. And I was very surprised. And it was like, okay, this is, uh, people like this idea. This is something. And then in the program, we just had amazing connections, just like awesome opportunities. We made made a lot of good friends. We made, um, I mean, the reason why we're speaking to you right now is because of, you know, friends we made at Epicenter and just the opportunity that they presented to us. And, um, you know, we learned just different aspects of like kind of the pieces that we need to put together to kind of build. They were able to basically take our giant idea, which had so many different directions and finally funnel it into that one direction to, okay, go with this. And, and like, cause we had to start somewhere. Like with a giant idea, where do you begin? You want to go down all these different routes and it kind of actually helped us focus what we needed to do to get ourselves off the ground. Absolutely. As like the three of us, we're, we're like, we're giant dreamers. We're always just trying to look for like the next way to go. And we're always flying high in the clouds, but Epicenter kind of like was able to ground us, like take our idea and be like, okay, you guys have a great idea. Now, how can we actually do this? How can we actually give you the mentorship to be able to actually do this right so you guys can actually make your business right? And yeah, that, and they were so amazing with us, at, like through it all, through through it all of it. Like they were very one on one with us. They really taught us a lot of things. They were very catering to our needs. Like it kind of like inspired us because that's what we're about. We're very, you know, one-on-one -on -one. let's cater to everybody's needs. And that's exactly what they did for us. So it was always, it was just a great experience. Yeah. They helped us decide um, like what kind of model we wanted to use. Like if we wanted to incorporate or if we wanted to do a partnership. So that's why we, we incorporated was because of like the information that we learned from them. And then they also had this cool program where like um, a law student came in and then like helped us out. And we, you know, figured out just like different, ways to go about creating the business tangibly and yeah like there's there's so much like <laughs> there's so much that happened in that program it was it was an amazing four months honestly and um even just the financial support from it like it, it helped us cover you know our incorporation costs it helped us cover like all the it, it it taught us how to like put everything in place like insurance incorporating all the kind of stuff that you don't really know right off the bat right and it so it gave us it gave us a sense of concrete direction i would say is the best way to put it mm -hmm. absolutely and I, it's great that you know there is those great resources and programs that are available for entrepreneurs in the area um and it's definitely a great program for social enterprises specifically as well and then you know i think you, like you said winning the pitch was definitely a big moment has there been sort of any other big successful moments that really stands out to you guys um since starting your company yeah, honestly, I think uh, the biggest moment for us was partnering with uh, Abode Respite. They have literally like, came, like we came to them, they came to us, we helped them like teach their clients and stuff like that. And they just really loved what we were doing. It was like so overwhelming for us because it's just like they've done so much for us. So that's like the biggest thing that we've gotten so far. Another awesome thing was um, the other day, which actually Jordan wasn't here for this one, unfortunately, but one of our students when me and Shane were doing the lessons, he just, um, he, he started just kind of playing this little picking pattern and it was really kind of like dreamy sounding. 
and he just did it on his own. Like he did, we didn't show him how to do it. He just kind of did it. And then me and Shane were like, that's, that sounds pretty good. Right. And then Shane starts playing these chords. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. And I run to the piano and then we, we just started jamming this thing. And we just, um, you know, built off of what our student was playing. And like, it was just, it was really cool. <laughs> like it was, and it, we just kind of made this little, little piece and he was so happy and it was like oh so that i was think us being musicians too that's something that we've always wanted like yeah. that's what we've enjoyed the most out of our instruments is when we get to play with other people and because it's it's almost like you're communicating with these people but through music so now not only did you just teach somebody a lesson but you having that little bit of interplay with him being able to jam with him like that means a, a lot more and that's what you want out of those lessons. You want to learn how to play, but then so even you can go play with others sometimes too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think those are, you know, really great moments. And especially, you know, that is what the purpose of the organization is. So that's really great to hear sort of those stories. And, you know, so you went through the program um, last year and this year has definitely been a transition for everyone um, with the pandemic. How has this affected your business and what sort of pivots have you had to make to sort of cope with the situation? Yeah, I mean... It, it, it was hard for being a service-based company for sure. Like it at first when, when the first, like the pandemic hit, we were just kind of ready to just kind of start flying out and kind of start because it was pretty much right when the, the program ended with Epicenter, it's when the pandemic hit. So we were kind of just like, we we're starting our free trial and trying to test out our process and stuff like that. And we were ready to just start to get going. And then the pandemic hit and we kind of had to like take a seat back because it was, the pandemic was so new and no one really knew what was going on. So we had a quarantine for a while and being a service-based company, when you're quarantined, you can't be one-on-one -on -one with somebody. So yeah, that really, so there was like a, a long while where we we're just kind of, you know, quarantining and just kind of talking to each other of how we're going to handle this once everything kind of gets back into motion. Thank God um, things started lifting and we're using the proper protocol call with the PPE six feet away and stuff like that and that's kind of how we're kind of adapting our services right now just just the general you know six feet away masks on hand sanitizer no touching no kind of like that but yeah like being a service-based company it was it was definitely difficult it was definitely difficult yeah it's it's weird it's like you know, and I'm going to use a weird example here. You ever watch like a sci-fi movie when the rocket's like about to launch and then it just kind of breaks and then doesn't, <laughs> that's kind of what it felt like. We were like, oh my God, here we go. And then it was just like, I remember the day too, March 13th. Nope. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was like, yeah, done. And you know, it was like Shane said, we had to take a step back and you know, during that process, it's just a lot, you know, like we, we all kind of went through our own, you know, kind of special version of like, what do we do now? Right? Again, we all, we were fully determined and everything to keep going. It's just, just the different concerns, the different, you know, there, there was that point where like in the pandemic where we, nobody could really see ahead. Right. We were thinking like, I remember this was back in March. Everyone was saying like, okay, maybe three weeks. And then it was like, okay, maybe in June we'll start back up. And it was like, okay, maybe we might have to wait till September to start back up. And then like, it was just, all this uncertainty and it was just uh 
it really changed everything. But at the same time, though, it really like kind of helped us in ways that we wouldn't have thought of, right? Because that's it, it built resiliency. It taught us how to deal with kind of like a very drastic change. And honestly, we got we got close with um, abode respite from it, right? Like we did lots of Zoom calls and lots of kind of game plans and like just like supporting each other and just thinking of strategies to kind of move ahead and alternative approaches. And like, so it was like a, it was like a double-edged sword, if I'm honest, you know, it was, there were both positives and negatives, but you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy with where we are right now. And honestly, the pandemic's part of that. I think it actually opened up more avenues for us in the long run, but we didn't even see those at first. So when you take your rocket example there and you got that one part that breaks away well eventually the second set of boosters kicked in and we're still going to make it to outer space yeah absolutely and i think that you know that's a great way to look at it and a great way to sort of see it with your business in the long run is sort of what can you do with this opportunity and you know how can you make it work in this situation which you guys definitely did and then is there any sort of piece of advice that you would give to someone who's looking to start their own social enterprise right now so my biggest piece of advice, be forgiving of yourself because it's a learning process. You know, a lot of the entrepreneurial stuff that you'll look at is about all about like, you know, the grind, the, the go, go, go. And I, you know, yes, you have to put work into it. Absolutely. And like, you know, hard work is, is the key to anything, but like, there's going to be times where you just miss the mark by a bit, or you just didn't think of this before, or you could have done this better or but the truth is is it's just it's a giant learning process right especially if you're like us and you're starting from the literal bottom (laughs) and you're like hey let's you know try talking in front of people and see what happens right it's just you you learn as you go you learn as you go and it's just important to really kind of be forgiving of yourself and even credit yourself for the things that you might ignore along the way right so you know there could be a mistake that you make but there could also be three things that you achieved that were amazing right so it's good to just focus on the successes and be forgiving of the shortcomings if there is any. I would probably say that being a social enterprise, I think the most important thing is to wear your heart and your head in the same tier. With being a social enterprise, you kind of have that nonprofit mentality running for profit. So you really kind of have to balance that because I'm, like with being for profit, you have to make the right business decisions to keep you afloat, but also keeping your ideals in mind so one outweighing the other could be detrimental to you so i always kind of say that like if your head and your heart are in the same place then you can you can do the right things actually kind of just what shane was saying right there uh because the one thing is how it's going to turn out is not how you thought it's going to turn out and you have that big idea so you can't lose track of your original idea and it's easy to along the way because things change but your original idea is where that passion's at and and it's okay that things change because that's how it had to be to to work out to let it happen that is one of the hardest things you have that idea and then it's going to turn out a certain way and you're trying to balance that and you don't want to lose track of that original idea because if you lose track of that you lose track of your sense of passion you feel like it's moved so far away from what you originally wanted uh, but it might not have it just that's how it had to work out so it, that's kind of a little internal struggle that you kind of realize, like, as your idea grows. 
Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's great advice for anyone who's looking to start a social enterprise. And, you know, you talked about there too, learning along the way. And is there something specific that you guys have learned from running your own business you'd like to share? It's interesting. It is both easier and harder than you would think at the same time. And that, that sounds really abstract and weird, but it's, it's harder than you think in the sense that like there's so many things to keep track of, so many things to keep in mind, um, different things to consider, different, you know, models and tools that you can use to construct everything. You'll, you'll be writing pages of documents and then, you know, planning everything out. And then you'll go for lunch with a friend and they'll be like, well, how about this? And you're just like, why didn't I think of that in my three page, right? <laughs> three page, 10 page, 15, whatever the case may be. Yeah. So there's, it's, it's hard in that, in, in a lot of ways, but it's also easier in, in ways than I ever thought it would be. You know what I mean? It was, you know, becoming incorporated, it wasn't that difficult to uh, get in touch with the right law firm and kind of have those conversations on the phone and go through the process of like, you know, this is what you need. This is the cost. This is, do you want to incorporate provincially? If I like just all, all this kind of stuff that seems so like overwhelming, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really doable. It is. And it's the same thing with like, getting your insurance set up and like, it's just, and again, we're, we're fortunate because we connected with really awesome people for like all of our, you know, internal stuff so far that we had to put together. But so that, that's what I took away from it is just, it's hard in a lot of ways. Yes. But there's also things that came very easily that I didn't think would. Yeah. And I, I know it's funny too, because I have heard entrepreneurs say that um, a lot too, is that it's, it actually is hard. It's harder, but it's easier in some ways. And it's great that you guys had the resources and had the tools that you were able to. And, you know, especially when you're starting completely from scratch, it definitely takes a lot of work. And so it's, it's so, you know, impressive and inspiring the way that you guys were able to make that work. And do you have any sort of future plans for your organization that you'd like to share today? Oh yeah, yeah. We actually have a we have a lot planned. Just ideas and stuff that we really want to pursue. Um, once we uh, finish our space that we are kind of renovating right now, we're thinking about even doing what we're doing right now and opening up podcasts for ourselves. Kind of talk about our mission and other people's missions and creativity and stuff like that too. Like then we have lots of ideas for online lessons and just creating the music space where people can come and just have fun with instruments and stuff like that and just being able to jam with each other and just kind of create a community through creativity, music, art, and kind of stuff like that. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely very excited to see all those future plans with your business and all that's to come. And um, where can people go online to find your business and find out about all these future plans? Uh, yeah, we're on social media. Yeah, we're uh, so we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Well, sounds good. And thank you guys so much for coming on and sharing your story about your business. And um, it's definitely a, it's a great sort of purpose that it's serving. And I love sort of the messaging behind it. And do you guys have just any final thoughts for our listeners before we wrap up here today? I guess what I would say to entrepreneurs and artists and anybody that really, you know, has a passion for creativity is I would say, go for it. Absolutely go for it because you will be supported. Um, people will be inspired by you. And there's just, 
there's a lot that passion can do for a person, right? And that's kind of the foundation of everything that we do is that we took a passion and we're just like, let's do it. And then we're meeting students that also have passions that they want to unlock and we're like, let's provide that for them. And we're meeting other entrepreneurs that have their own initiatives and own passions and we're like, we back them up 100%. And this whole process, it really came together just from showing our passion and then just the support that we got. You know what I mean? Like things have, like Shane said about, about respite, with them you know partnering with us and like we just showed how passionate we were about what we wanted to do and the social impact that we wanted to create and it was just like it just happened and same with epicenter right we we showed what we were doing it happened we had we've had people donate music equipment to us we've had people offer to do you know webinars podcasts like yourself right it's just like all everything just kind of comes together if you really go for it Thank you for listening to Made It Happen podcast and this special edition segment brought to you by the Libro Epic Social Impact Initiative. Their Social Enterprise 101 coaching service, sponsored by Libro Credit Union, is aimed to support local community members who are working to start a social enterprise. Through this initiative, you will receive coaching, resources, tools, and networks to help you build a thriving social enterprise. This program is valued at over $500 and is free for all participants. Visit epicenterwindsor.ca slash social enterprise 101 coaching to learn more. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and tune in next month on the 15th for the special edition segment.